Dream Theater. For 20 years, this band was synonymous with the leading edge of prog metal rock. But over the last five albums, something has started to change, and I think I have an idea why. So let's talk about it. This is Lee, and this is a UP3 show bootleg. Hey, Prog fans. In Season 2, Episode 3, we talked about Dream Theater. But I really wanted to do a bootleg just on the last five albums. There's something that I think is very important going on here that we should pay attention to. The first 10 Dream Theater albums, up to Black Clouds and Silver Linings, were just prog masterpieces. They established Dream Theater as the juggernaut in prog metal, prog rock. But I think a dramatic turn of events is really where a different sound started creeping into the Dream Theater repertoire. As a reminder, that's the album where Mike Portnoy left, and I think really John Petrucci became the leader of the band. But a certain type of song starts showing up on these albums. Songs like this. These are songs that have good chord progressions, have nice melodies, the quality of the production is great, but they are really just a standard rock ballad. They might have a prog intro or a really intricate solo in them, but the majority of the song is pretty much straight ahead, common time, rock and roll. Starting with a dramatic turn of events in the last five albums, the number of times these songs occur on albums has really risen. The choruses are almost always in 4-4 common time. The drums are pretty much straight ahead, and there's a lot of half-note, whole-note power chords in the choruses. Like this. The other thing about these later albums is they are a lot more heavily produced. You never heard Labrie double-tracking or overdubbing himself on the older albums. It was always either Portnoy or Petrucci or both singing harmony lines behind Labrie. But especially on the last two albums, James Labrie is doing a lot more overdubbing of his own voice. That's another very common production technique for rock bands that aren't going to sweat recreating it live as much. A vocalist harmonizing with himself, especially one as seasoned as Labrie is, is almost always going to sound ideal versus trying to mix two different voices together. 
With their early albums, they really set the stage that they were prog metal, prog rock pioneers. And you never saw these kind of songs on albums like Images and Words or Awake, Train of Thought, really pretty much any of the earlier albums. The Looking Glass, The Bigger Picture, Along for the Ride, Build Me Up, Break Me Down, Invisible Monster, Sleeping Giant, Transcending Time are all examples of these mainstream rock ballads. Another complaint I've heard from some other seasoned fans is that the music's become repetitive. For example, this is the center section of Outcry. Versus this from Metropolis Part 1. There's a guy on YouTube that has the channel, Become the Night. His name is Michael Coopers. And when Dream Theater released the teasers for the new album, The Alien and Invisible Monster, Mike did an episode on his YouTube channel called Why I'm Bored of Dream Theater. Mike's a guitarist, and he went through a pretty detailed breakdown of those two songs and was able to point out specific licks and why they become repetitive. I'm a keyboard player, so I tend to go immediately to what Jordan's doing. But it was really nice to hear a guitar player do a technical breakdown, and Mike did a great job. So kudos. I'm going to put the link to that episode in the show notes, so check it out. And another thing I'll say about the repetitiveness is, I noticed this in between the eponymous album and Distance Over Time. If you cut off the first and the last songs on those two albums, the middle songs on those albums match almost one-to-one in length, in tempo, In layout, where they show up on the album, it's almost like there's a formula being followed here. And a very interesting thing happened when Craig and Tony and I started listening to The Alien and Invisible Monster when Dream Theater released them as teasers. Craig's reaction was, yeah, this is pretty good stuff. Tony and my reaction was, yeah, I don't know, this isn't really like the good Dream Theater anymore. Remember, Craig doesn't have a lot of depth with Dream Theater. But Tony and I have been listening to him for ages. And I think that reaction says everything about why these new songs are showing up like this. Look at their U.S. album sales over the first 10 albums. The peak is Images and Words at 600,000 units sold. And remember, that's the album with their one commercial hit, Pull Me Under. And then it's a very steady and slow decline down to Octavarium at about 56,000 units So the album that I think is Dream Theater's masterpiece, Octavarium, sells one-tenth of what Images and Words does, their second. So this is the same pressure we see with Gentle Giant, with Genesis, with Kansas. It's that pressure of generating revenue and making a profit versus just doing pure art. You and me and the other prog nerds, we're not buying enough albums to pay the bills. In its first week of sales, A View from the Top of the World has entered the overall Billboard chart at 6th, and they've already sold 12,000 units. So I think we're watching an experiment in real time. Change your sound enough to attract a new audience with these more common rock anthem pieces, but keep the virtuosity around the edges, and throw in the longer prog pieces to keep the older guys like me happy. The best of Dream Theater is still some of the best prog music out there. Only a handful of bands come close. And these guys are still virtuosos at their instruments. But even mediocre Dream Theater is still better than most other rock bands can manage. 
So I'm still buying their albums. I'll still go see them live. A View from the Top of the World is still the best thing they've released over their last four albums. So, yeah, you know, we're not getting the breakthrough prog metal we used to get in the first 10 Dream Theater albums. But they're still coming with the great prog. So decide for yourself, but I'm going to give these guys a benefit of the doubt for a while and see where this goes. I think it'll be interesting to watch. All right, it wouldn't be proper to leave without getting a little prog stuck between our teeth. This is Illumination Theory, one of my favorite songs from Dream Theater, off the eponymous album. Thanks for listening to this bootleg. Don't forget, you can find more bootlegs and full episodes at up3show.podbean.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at the handle up3show. And you can always email us at up3show at gmail.com. We got a coffee account if you want to throw us some nickels at ko-fi.com slash up3show. And stay tuned because we will be announcing some new Patreon tiers shortly. All right, we will talk to you later. Bye. Hey folks, Tony here. If you made it this far, congratulations. You're getting everything you can out of this podcast episode. As a reminder, we're a podcast about commentary and opinion on prog music. We use samples of music to make our point and to teach others. We make no claim of copyright to any of the music featured in our samples and strongly recommend that you support the artists we talk about by buying their albums and merchandise or seeing them live. If you're an artist and you'd like for us to change how we've used your content on the show, please contact us directly so that we can work together.